You know, they say there was no room at the inn. And if you listen to the theologians, they say, well, he wasn't really born in a manger, it was a cave. It wasn't really this, it was that. But none of that really matters. What matters is we know that the Son of God was born. Amen. And the Son of God came to redeem us back to himself and back to God. And that's the important thing. If you look in Luke chapter 2, verse 13, it says, And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those of whom he is well pleased. Or he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Multitudes of angels have jumped out in front of you at times and said you need to go to the Lord. You need to see this Christ child that was born for it will truly change your life. And yet, we don't. We stay living the way we've always lived. But Jesus came to make a difference. It says a multitude of heavenly hosts worshiped. A multitude of heavenly hosts went before the Lord, went before those shepherds. The skies opened up and they saw the multitude. Can you imagine the skies opening up over us right now and we see a multitude? But that wasn't the only time things happened like this. In Luke chapter 15, you have the parable of the lost sheep. And it says, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 and go into the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? Amen. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And he comes home and he calls together his friends, his neighbors, and says to them, Rejoice, for I have found the sheep that was lost. Each of us have been that sheep at one time or another. Each of us have been lost and we have someone to thank for bringing us back into the family of God, taking us out of that wilderness and bringing us back in to the family. In Luke 15, a little further down in verse 10, and this is about the third time this is mentioned in that scripture. It says, likewise, I say to you, this is Jesus talking. There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Each of us have been that one sinner from time to time. There are things going on in this world that are going to take us and have us go out and look for the lost. The angels are going to rejoice over what we do 
and how we handle these things. But the fact that the angels rejoice over one sinner who repents, that amazes me of how important repenting and having a right relationship with Jesus is. I mean, that is what Jesus came for. That's the whole reason he was born. That was the whole reason God sent him here. That same joy, that same joy that was there when he was born and they told the shepherds is the same joy they have. When you get down and you say, Lord, I repent of my sins. I will do them no more. I will live the way you will have me live. And the heavens open and the angels are rejoicing over you and over your repentance. Jesus came. It is important to him. It's through his atonement. It's through his teachings. It's through his hope. It's through his peace. These are all examples of just who Christ is. And what he's done, he came here to help us change our lives. He came here to help us face our trials, our tribulations. He came here as we move forward into a journey, a journey of faith. And this takes time. This is a journey. Your life is a journey of faith. Your life is a journey of movement. Your life is a journey, but you need to have faith, and your faith needs to increase and grow as you grow. Amen. Amen. How has Jesus affected your life? How has Jesus changed your life? How much difference has he made in your life? In all that you do? In all that you have. It is that relationship that Jesus has helped you with. It is that strong heart. It is, it is the backbone of your faith. It is the strength of your everyday living. This child they found born in a manger. How much he has changed and affected your life. In Acts chapter 3, we, we find the story of Peter and John going to the temple. You all know this. They found the lame man just sitting there begging for money. And you all know the scripture. And what do they silver say? Silver and gold, we have none. But what we give you, we give you what Christ Jesus has given this is what you're called to do. You're called to be disciples of the Lord. You're called to give out what Christ has. Christ has endowed on you. He has given you. He's called you by name. He has set you aside to do his work, Amen. to be his disciple. 
So here's this man sitting here. He's just begging. The world is passing him by. You all know people that are passed by by the world. He never played any childhood games. He never participated in anything. No baseball, no anything. Couldn't even walk. According to Acts chapter 4, verse 22, he was 40 years old. So for 40 years, they set him there, probably not until he was older, to beg for money so he could survive. And yet Peter and John come by. And they're touched. They're touched by him, but they know he's asking for money. They have none. But they know what a great gift they have. Because they have everything that Jesus had given them. They have everything that Jesus has given you. Because Jesus has poured out on you exactly what he poured out on Peter and John. Yes. Yes. You are called to be his disciples. Yes. It's your decision whether you follow Christ or whether you don't. Amen. You want to chase the world? Go chase the world. But Jesus says, no, I have called you. Amen. I have separated you. Thank you I have searched for you. I have put you apart oh, from everywhere yeah. else. You're to be of my people, my chosen people. He chose each and every one of you. He knows you by name. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows every thought you've had and every thought you will have. He knows everything you've done and everything you will do for the rest of your life here on earth. But to him, you're special. You are special. He looked at you and said, I was born to teach you. I was born to pour out on you. It's going to be your responsibility to bring the world to me. I've taught you all I can teach you. I'm giving you a Holy Spirit to guide you. I'm letting God dwell within you. The power of the Lord, Jesus Christ himself, is dwelling within you. And I'm giving him to you. I mean, that man sitting there outside that temple, he sat there day by day, day by day, just begging, just begging for things, just begging for things. And Jesus says, how are you today? People watch. You see the world go by. You see the people that are struggling. You know the people that are right on the edge. Some are having physical problems. Some are having mental problems. Some emotional, some spiritual. Yes, yes. But it's your job as a disciple of Jesus to go out and make a difference in their lives. It's your job to pour out what Jesus poured out on you. Peter and John didn't expect to run around with Jesus and do nothing. They knew. 
that Jesus was going to pour out on them. And then all of a sudden Jesus says, I'm sending you out. I watched the version of The Chosen and Jesus is sending out the 12 disciples two by two. And you can see every one of them is nervous. <laughs> They're like, whoa, we've never done this before. What do you mean? We've got to go out by ourselves. What do you mean we've got to go out and do what you do? <laughs> Jesus says, I give you all authority. I give you all power. Come on, man. Just go out and do it. That's it. Just go out and do what I tell you to do. Amen. So they did. So they go before that lame man. They understood what Jesus had given. Jesus has given you a Holy Spirit. He has given you power. He's given you all authority. Use it. Yes. 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 Jesus, everywhere he went, he meant struggling people. He meant people that needed healing. He meant people that needed deliverance. He meant people that needed all kinds of things. And you know the same people. Yes. You see them every day. Whether you see them in the workplace, whether you see them in the supermarket, That's it. whether you see them in the parking lot at Walmart, you see them. You need to stop walking by them and you need to start ministering to them because that's what Jesus called you to do. Yes. You want to be a disciple of Jesus, there's a price to pay and there's a work to do. That's right. Jesus didn't tell us the gate is narrow because it's wide open and everybody's going to heaven. No. He said the gate is narrow. Preach. It's going to be hard to get there. Come on. But you're going to have to sacrifice and you're going to have to be obedient. Amen. Amen. Christianity in this church has gotten so soft. Amen. Jesus didn't come here to make a kumbaya, la 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 Christianity. Glory to God. He was born to redeem the sinner back to Christ. And he has assigned that to you. He has given you that mantle. He has given you that job. We need to notice these struggling people. We need to quit trying to avoid them and walk around them. Peter and John didn't walk around the guy. Peter and John went right up to him. And not only did they take care of him, but they brought him into the temple. They celebrated with him. They praised God with him. They made all the difference in the world. People don't need an urge to cry for help. That comes pretty natural to human beings. Mm -hmm. From the littlest child, the baby, when the baby needs something, they start screaming. You know they need something. <laughs> Sometimes they grow up to be teenagers and they're still screaming. Yes, yes. 
But you have to look at the world. This world is going crazy. They're trying to do away with Christianity altogether. The persecution on Christ and on this church is going to get worse. And you're going to have to decide where you're going to draw the line. Am I going to stand up for Jesus? Or am I going to bow down and become consumed by the world? We need to notice these things. God has placed a world full of struggling people here. Sometimes people ask for help nice and politely. Sometimes they scream. Sometimes pride causes people to be ashamed to admit they need help. Come on now. Pride is the greatest enemy we as human beings have. And we've all dealt with it. We've all had issues with it throughout our lives. But it's just something that we need to get rid of. God said, what? Humble yourself. I will restore your lands. If my people humble themselves. He didn't say, if my people get all puffed up and proud. No, he said, humble yourselves. You're his child. He's your father. You don't need to be prideful before him. We learn as Christians to love one another. Yes, we argue with one another, we fight with one another, but we still love one another. Amen. Yes. We still care for one another. People today are overwhelmed by the struggles they face. They're overwhelmed by it. Some people made it through COVID so well. And then they only come out of it to struggle now. There's people just struggling, facing battles. You know who they are. You see them everywhere. Some of them is your friends. Some of them are your relatives. Go to them. Pray with them. Deliver them from that battle. Let them overcome it. I mean, like I said, Peter and John didn't just notice this lame lame man at the temple. They didn't just pretend to heal him. They didn't just walk past him. No, they healed him. They brought him into the temple. They, They rejoiced. They sang worship songs with him. They had a day with him. He was rejoicing. He was praising the Lord. But it's tough for us to do those things because we get so selfish. The world has taught us to be selfish. The world has taught us to only care about ourselves, that it's all about me. You all know people like that. What did Jesus tell the 12? If you're not received well when you're trying to share the gospel, when you're trying to minister to people, just dust off your sandals and move on. Just move on. I mean, I know people that have been trying to save the same person for 30 years. He's not going to get saved. 
You're not going to do it. Move on. There's a whole harvest out there. We all have different limitations, too. There's things we can do when we minister to people, and there's things we can't do when we minister to people. Some of us are better at one thing than the other. Recognize what your limits are. Understand them. Don't focus on those. Those are just differences that you have over someone else. God sent Jesus here. He was born to demonstrate the power of God. He was here to demonstrate the redemptive powers of Jesus. He brought all that out. We need to trust the effect Jesus has had on our lives. I can look out at most of you and know Jesus has affected you in one way or another. Amen. I know that Jesus has made a difference to some of you in one way or another. Yes, thank you, Lord. I know the effect. I know the effect Jesus has had on me. I know the darkness that Jesus brought me out of into his marvelous light. I understand all that. But what Jesus did for me, he can do for you. Amen. And what he did for you, you can do for someone else. Amen. Because Jesus has given you that power. He has given you that authority. Come on. Use what Jesus has given you. Use all that Jesus has given. This is the effect that this little child born in a manger, has on the world. And he's had it for over 2,000 years. They've been talking about him for over 2,000 years, and they're still talking about it. The Word of God is still the number one selling book there is anywhere in the world. We need to keep going with that. Peter took his faith that he had in God, what he trusted in God. He called upon the Holy Spirit. He laid hands upon that man, and he told him to get up and walk, and the guy had never walked in 40 years. God has told you to do certain things that you have never done. Do them. Amen. Do them. Quit listening to your unsaved friends. Quit listening to the world and start listening to Jesus Christ. Amen. Because he will guide you in the path of righteousness and holiness. Amen. We are all evident of God's redemptive power. Every one of you is evidence of what God has done in lives. I could pick out some of you, have you come up here and share that. You know that, you know what God has done. And nothing has stopped, Jesus is still moving in miraculous ways today. Amen. The sick are still being healed. Amen. Demons are still being cast out. Amen. 
People are still being raised from the dead. You need to go out and do what Christ called you to do. He was born to make you disciples. He has given you all authority to do what you need to do for Jesus. You know where you struggle. Have somebody pray with you. Have some people help you. Get godly counsel on the decisions you've got to make. The world is only going to take you down. It's only going to cripple you. It's only going to take you down. But Jesus came to redeem, restore. We know what Jesus can do. We celebrate that. We celebrate this birth today. Oh, what a day, what a day, what a day. Amen, amen, amen. So you know the situations. You know people are struggling. You know everything you need to do. It's just a matter of doing it. It's a matter of doing it. You're not going to be comfortable the first times, but I'll tell you, this church is moving. We're changing direction. We're going into a new season. We're going to be harvesting the lost. We're going to be building the church, and I don't want to build a church with people from other churches. That's not building a church. We're going to fill it with people that are lost. We're going to fill it with people that need Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's all about that. It's all about reaching them. It's all about the harvest. We need to save as many people as we can save because this world is condemning and killing as many people as it can kill every single day. And the enemy's out there and he's looking for you. So you need to be strong. You need to keep your faith strong. You need to remember that Jesus is your first love. He came just for you. He was born just for you. He was born just for you. Let's stand. Oh Lord, we thank you today. We thank you for who you are, oh Lord. We thank you for the gifts that you've given to each and every one of us. Oh Lord, we celebrate you this morning. We celebrate your birth today on this Christmas day. We rejoice, Lord. We rejoice in all that you have and all that you've given, Lord. Lord, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. Lord, we pray a blessing over the food that's in the back, Lord. We pray a blessing upon everyone that's here today. Lord, if you need a touch from Jesus this morning, if you need people to pray over you, if you have something you're struggling with, this is why Jesus is here. These altars are open. The altars are open. We have prayer people that will pray with you. Oh, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
Let's give all credit to credit is due. You need prayer this morning. Come on down. Amen. Mm-hmm. 